And you see, we are back on after a long weekend. What's up? What's good? What is good? Sports hey, hold before. Podcast. Back on the set after another weekend of so many sports because now it's the real candy store. We're not just trying to get by like in the summertime. You're talking baseball, football. We already talked about a little bit of basketball. Some preseason games were also played. The NFL is here. College and pro. It's a, everything's good, man. Everything's good right now with sports. Hockey even starting up. We might not do a whole lot of hockey talking, but just letting you know it's starting up. Hey, you got to mention it. It's a sport. And yeah, they play tennis and soccer year-round too, right? And golf yeah, that's another thing. Well, oh, tennis and soccer all year-round. We're not talking about that. I can dig <laughs> some tennis, though. I mean, as a New Yorker, come on, U.S. Open. You got to talk a little tennis no, every now and then. Something but, I do have to talk about uh, after our show, it may have even happened during our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace, 51, Dick Buckus. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the baddest linebackers of all time, if not the most vicious and fiercest, scariest mofo to ever take the, the gridiron. Um, he's a legend at Illinois. He was a legend at CVS. Chicago Vocational School in Chicago, Illinois. And, of course, he's, he's a, a monster of the midway. Um, and I'm a little concerned that maybe that inspired the Bears to play above their level and win Thursday night. Um, but that was that was two weeks in a row for Justin Fields to, to look yes. like a real NFL quarterback. So the first week was against Denver, so – you can't throw that one out because Denver gave up 70 points the week before, so they their defense sucks. And then was it the Butkus factor on Thursday night? I don't know. I hope not. They looked like a, a real NFL team. I won't say like a playoff team or a contender, but they actually looked like they could get stuff done. They did. And the first, first three weeks, they looked like they couldn't get anything done. So, and Justin Fields, as you said, looking like a real quarterback now. It looks it looks good. <clears throat> DJ Moore looking like you got what you paid for now. <laughs> hey, you yeah. throwing up some serious numbers. Yeah, but not to sidetrack the show. It's not about the Bears. You know, just wanted to send that shout out. Rest in peace, Dick Buckus. Absolutely. legend. As soon as the show ended, man, I got on top of that. I saw it all like, oh, man. And you know what? We know these guys got to go eventually, man. But we watched them our whole lives because they played before we even were born. I mean, doing their best before we were even born. We're just watching their legacy and not because of YouTube, we're able to see a lot of things they've done. But names like Dick Buckets, those names don't die. You know, you have plays that come through. Terrell Davis, you know what? People mention him only when he's mentioned. Dick Buckets is still talked about even when anyone's acting like a linebacker. Someone's in the middle of the field doing something as a linebacker. Dick Buckets is always going to get the credit somewhere. So this is a legendary player coming from a legendary organization. One of the founding members of the NFL in terms of being the charter member, Chicago Bears. Man, yo, that that actually, I felt it when he died, man. When I heard that he died, damn. We know he's an old dude. He had to go sometime. But when it goes, right. it, don't make, it don't make it any easier. He's one of those guys when you're on social media and you're scrolling or whatever, and uh, you come across a highlight video of his, you watch it. Yeah. You, and every time you watch it. Um, because they're just great highlights. I mean, like I mentioned, he's fierce. He was tough. He was he was mean. But then <laughs> off the field, he was a sweetheart. You know, he did those Miller Lite commercials. He was very kind. Of <laughs> he, he was in movies. He had a good sense of humor. You would think, you know, someone like him, 
be honorary, but he wasn't. He, he was just all on the football field, man. The dude was just a, a man's man and a legend. And to think about it, he played for Illinois with the high school in, in Chicago as well, and then playing for the hometown Chicago Bears. You know, even though it was different back then where that was a possibility for you to do that, he certainly got a chance to play for his childhood team, was probably arguably the best player, definitely the best defensive player, in my opinion, for the Chicago Bears. You could probably say something different or vouch for that. But, yeah, he's synonymous with Chicago defense. If you mention the Chicago defense, you're not thinking Mike Singletary, man. You're still thinking, thinking Dick Buckus. Buckus, right. Yeah. And uh, we're talking there, 85 Bears, the whole nine, still Dick Buckus. I think there's a reason Rocky named his dog Buckus. Exactly. You know what? <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> Buckus, man. But, damn, man, it, it does it does bother us and to know that we're going to be around for a while, hopefully us, and you'll God see more it. legends pass on, man. It's going to feel the same sting. and lets you know, one, that you're getting older. and lets you know, two, that they're legends and that, you know, they're just great players, but they're still human and it's time to pass on, man. It, it just sucks. Walter Payton passed away, but he was a young guy. He had an ailment. This is someone who lived out their entire life. You know, 80 years old was pretty damn old. And, you know, hey, and, and it happened. Right. Yeah, but. Yeah, and he went in his peace. I'm in his peace, in his sleep, from what I heard. So he went out quietly. You know, good for him. We should all go out that way. Yeah, no suffering. And we're going to do a show on Wednesday in honor of Dick Buckus about the great linebackers in the NFL. I mean, what other way to do it if we're going to find something to talk about specifically? It's going to be about the great linebackers. And Dick Buckus, obviously, one of those great linebackers. And I think he opened the door for the way the game is supposed to be played by middle linebackers. Yeah, you rank linebackers, especially middle linebackers. Yep. You know, he, he's up there. He's in the conversation. You know, you may rank him one, two, or three, but he's in the conversation. Oh, easily in the conversation, not even because of his name. Watch the film, period. Right. His film is timeless. Watching what he did against the run is timeless. The game has changed. You wonder, could he have played in pass coverage and all that? He played when he played, and he was the meanest son of a bitch on the field when he played, regardless he, of who they played. He, there's one play where he tackled the lineman to tackle the ball carrier. Like, he was in the <laughs> way, so they tackled both of them. You know, I've heard some things from Ed O'Bradovich, the other Chicago Bear, you know, uh, old Chicago Bear defensive lineman. He was had some stories to say about Dick Buckus, about yeah. Dick telling him to hold up a player so he could get a good hit on him. He's like, I'm trying to hang on for a little good life to hold him up. But anyways, yeah. yeah O'Bradovich, he, he come on the radio a lot here in Chicago. That, that man had some stories. Yeah, I bet. And so, once again, rip to Dick Buckus, legendary, great, anything you want to throw out there, it's him on the football field. He personified the way the game is supposed to be played in an era when it was played by some of the meanest SOBs out there who were really playing, didn't come off the field. When they were injured, that means that they need to play harder. And that's what it was. Yeah. But, hey, let's go back to some teams now this past weekend that should have played harder. The Dallas Cowboys could have played harder. They could have <laughs> used Dick Buckus even before he passed because they were blown out 42 to 10 by the 49ers, our preseason Super Bowl representatives. And probably, I don't think because we didn't name it at the time, but Hey, I think it's almost safe to say if things continue this way, they will also be the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. They're definitely staking a strong claim to be uh best team in the NFL. You know, Philly's undefeated also. Um, but the, 
the beating they put down on, on the Cowboys last night. It was just a systematic beatdown. They beat them in every phase of the game. Their coaching yep. staff outcoached the Dallas coaching staff. I mean, they it, it looked like they didn't even belong on the same field for the most part. Their defense was suffocating. Um, Dak, Dak's Dak. We, we talked about it before. What's he going to do when the defense doesn't give him short fields or doesn't give him 14 points on turnovers, you know, a pick six, a fumble scoop or whatever. And you saw last night, he, he went up against a tough defense, a lot of Aaron throws, three interceptions. And it seemed like same old deck, no matter what he, you know, what his, uh, his objective was for the year to minimize his INTs. He made up for the first few weeks last night. He, he's got four now. Yeah. And Dak, what do you make of him? He, I've always thought he was an average quarterback. I didn't think he was a special quarterback. I don't think it's a knock against him. It's just identifying the talent that he brings to the field and for the Dallas Cowboys. The reason why he wasn't getting these huge contracts. Some people out there want to make it a different issue of why he didn't get the huge contract, but he's pretty average and that's it. He deserves an average contract, but in, with inflation being what it is with quarterback like Daniel Jones getting that kind of money. Well, I can see why people were wondering why he didn't get his bag. But he doesn't deserve a bag. Yeah. He doesn't deserve, obviously, not no Joe Burrow kind of money. He doesn't deserve Justin Herbert kind of money. You know, he doesn't deserve any of the elite quarterbacks because he has never been elite. That's where it stops. He's an older quarterback still acting like he can't read defenses. And we see last night, once again, two picks, confused, getting sacked. He just didn't show anything. I it was three. Two or three picks? Yeah, it was three. I'm pretty three sure. Picks. Look at it. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is a guy going into a season putting in putting himself halfway to, to so, his goal. His goal, man. You almost come on, man. You almost got your goal already. And whoever goal. whoever sets a uh whoever heard of setting an interception goal. Like hey, just playing, trying not to throw interceptions. But anyway, um yeah, I, I agree with what you said. He's average at best. Um, he's, I'd say he's better than Daniel Jones, but you know, if the Giants not saying much, no, I'm just talking about getting paid. If the Giants are dummies for making that decision to to give Daniel Jones a bag, well, they're the fools for doing it, you know, and you see the results of what's going on in New York now. Um, so maybe Jerry Jones is justified. You know, there's a lot of people, as you mentioned, why isn't that getting paid? Why isn't that getting paid? Maybe Dak was overrated. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't think he was ever one of the top five nope. quarterbacks in the league, and I'm not sure he's top ten. I mean, lucky if he's top fifteen. So, I don't know what Dallas is going to do though. Trey Lance ain't to answer. Yeah, he's a solid quarterback. I think at best, and I think his best days was a solid quarterback. Now he's just a quarterback. You know, you need that. You need that defense. They have a great defense, but I remember when quarterbacks could looked like they were doing the right job when the defense was that great. You know, you had that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and you had Brad Johnson. And you know about that? Trent Dilford had that defense in Baltimore. He wasn't great, but the defense was that great. Dallas doesn't have a defense like that. San Francisco has somewhat of a defense like that, but their quarterback is actually a good quarterback. It's like someone is still waiting for the shoe to drop on Brock Purdy because there's like he's not supposed to be this good. Why? Because he was taken so late in the draft. No, he's this good because he's showing us he's this good. He is what he's showing. <laughs> kind of like Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says. He, <laughs> he is what he's showing, and he's doing it on a week-to-week -week basis. 
Yes, he's surrounded with some damn good talent on offense and a defense that can hold the fort, but so did a whole bunch of other quarterbacks in history. Joe Montana had a whole bunch of offensive weapons, and so did Steve Young and other great quarterbacks out there had offensive weapons. And now Brock Purdy has the same thing, and he's taking full advantage of it. George Kettle couldn't be freaking stopped yesterday. You know what it reminds me of? When Tom Brady went into the starting lineup for the Patriots, they went on a winning streak, and everybody was like, oh, this guy's not that good. He's a yep. fifth-round pick and blah, blah, blah. And Purdy was the very last pick of the draft. He hasn't yeah, thrown an interception. Uh, the highest-rated QB in the league. Uh, he's playing at an amazing level right now. I don't know how long he can stay at this level, but if he can stay anywhere near it, man, that 49ers team is going to be tough to beat because if the defense is healthy, you know, it's hard. They're hard to run on. They get pressure on the quarterback, so it's hard to throw for a lot of yardage on them. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated. You know, everybody has a bad night here or there. Uh, but man, when it, when the chips are down, come playoff time, they're gonna be very difficult to eliminate. Not to mention they'll be at home making these defenses when people Looks come that way. Up, they keep this up. But I think it's it's gonna be hard for Brock Purdy not to continue this because he has so many big pieces around him. So if he's gonna have a weapons, rough yeah. time throwing the ball, you're gonna have Christian McCaffrey being able to run effectively or catch those high percentage passes the way he can still run effectively. Debo Samuel, you have so many players now. Kettle doing his thing, so much going on in that team, and then you got to still deal with that defense. They just have right now the best team in the NFL. I don't even think there's a question. There's an undefeated team out there, and Philly was the runner-ups last year to the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. But right now, San Francisco is better than Philadelphia on paper, and they're better than the Chiefs on paper. They haven't really had a tough game. In fact, the tough game they did have was against the Rams. Because the Rams turned out to be a better team than expected this year. But San Francisco doing it all. The Dallas Cowboys just don't have America's team. You know what? I can deal with that moniker. There's no problem with it. You can say it all you want. But the results aren't looking like America's team over the past several years, 20 years or whatever. So it's, it was just a, a bad <clears throat> game for them. It wasn't just that something went wrong. It was San Francisco was that good, pounded them in every facet that you said. And the end result was what it was, 42 to 10. Dallas is um, – I'm not there. sure it was that close. And you have Micah Parsons saying, oh, a couple plays here. We fixed a couple things. Man, you are delusional, Micah Parsons. Delusional. You got your ass whooped. You guys, they have to make major improvements in a bunch of different areas to compete with San Francisco. They yeah, right now they'll have 12 games to do it. I think head and shoulders above all the teams right now, but there are some other teams out there that'll make things fun. It takes a few injuries for things to kind of fall, you know, come into place for other teams or fall apart, you know, because San Francisco gets a few injuries because those things come in droves. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen a couple of players yesterday, Buffalo was just dropping plays like flies over in London or over in, um, well, I think they played somewhere else with Tottenberg, I think, whatever it was, but they played yesterday over in the UK. And they were dropping players, and they lost to the Jaguars because of it. In fact, you know, there's something I wanted to talk about in terms of the Jaguars playing the Bills. The Jaguars were there for two straight weeks because they played two games in a row. That's an advantage when you have the Bills coming in yeah. 50 hours before the game starts to prepare, get acclimated to the time zones and all that. I think that wasn't fair for the Bills. Does the result change? I think there's a possibility, but we saw what we saw. 
and Trevor Lawrence looked good, but did he look good because Buffalo was at that disadvantage because of time and travel and jet lag or because the Jaguars are doing what the Jaguars did? Last year, the turning point of their season was in London, and that's when things started turning and they started winning. And when they came back to Jacksonville and even went on the road, they were winning. They went to the playoffs and they were winning. But, yeah, I think that was unfair for Buffalo to have to play them. Let Buffalo play two games overseas as well, you know, back-to-back weeks. So you have an even game. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't know why the NFL scheduled it like that and gave Jacksonville a huge advantage. And I have to say that it did have an impact on Buffalo because that was the best the Jacksonville offense looked all year. Yeah. Best Trevor Lawrence looked all year. Best Travis Etienne looked all year. Etienne was everywhere. Right. So I think there's something to that, you know, that is going across the pond. That's a long trip. It is. And I'm sure it has an impact on your body. And if they didn't have time to adjust properly and and Jacksonville players did because they were over there two weeks, as you mentioned, that was an unfair advantage. Yeah, I don't know if the NFL was thinking. I remember when I went out to Europe and we went out to Finland, I believe there was a six or seven hour time difference for the East Coast here in the state of Florida, even just the East Coast of the United States. It was completely different. Your eyes are wide open while you're over there. The sun didn't set until 10.30 at night, well, which should have been night. <laughs> and it was just crazy, man. You're going towards the Arctic Circle, and you're like, man, time is different. Yeah, so I understand how that could be a problem. But you know what? Early it comes, in season, coming back, it's going to be an issue also. You crash. Yeah, you, you know, crash. My, And the Jaguars have to play this week at home. They have to play. Typically, you get a bye week once you do an overseas deal. They're coming back here to play uh, in, this Sunday at home. So we'll see how that works out. Maybe that's the get back that another team's going to get at them for this upcoming game. Buffalo off on Sunday? Uh, I don't know if Buffalo is off. I hadn't checked that. Uh, they should be, but um, they need to be off. I, I've never, I've never been to Europe, but my son went to Europe. Yeah, uh, he went to Spain in the summertime. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, late spring. Anyway, but when he came back, I think he got back maybe like four o'clock in the afternoon. And he didn't. He went pretty much straight to bed. Um, he was exhausted, and he didn't wake up till like two o'clock the next day. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that, time, that jet yeah. lag. How long was he out there when he went out there? About a week. He was there for a week. Yeah, cause my my yeah, daughter did the same thing, but she was sixteen years old at the time. You know, I don't think the age <clears> matters because you're young, you're young. And she was out there for ten days, and she went to a couple of those European cities and countries, and. I don't remember her going straight to sleep when she came back, but it wasn't the same. You know, she wasn't sleeping yeah. all day, but it wasn't no staying up all the time as she used to do. So <laughs> unbelievable how that, that jet lag, man, gets you. And, you know, yeah, going time, back to what we were talking change about. change and all of that, you know. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, leave the time over change, there. It matters. It matters. Yeah, you leave over That's there at 10, 10 o'clock at night, you come back in the, and it's 6 p.m., you know. And, and your body wasn't <laughs> how to react. Right. And that's why I was wondering when the NFL this early in the season had teams coming from the West Coast to the East Coast playing one o'clock games when your body clock is three hours behind. You know, they said something about that years ago, how they were going to be cognizant of how that being a, a probably advantage for the East Coast team. And they do it this year, you know, whatever, man. So the NFL is just a bunch of hypocrites. But anyways, before the season started, we were talking about preseason MVPs. Well, how about rookies of the year? I mean, we look at Brock right now. Brock Purdy is possibly in the MVP race. 
I think he's up there. You know, he has to be. Yeah, but as far as rookies go, Devon Achan, come on. Achan has to be from the Miami Dolphins. He has to be in the mix in terms of the rookies of the year. We looked at the usual suspects. People like B. John Robinson. I took Jameer Gibbs up in Detroit, even though Detroit's having a good year. He's having a solid year, but nothing that stands out. But what does stand out is what A-Chain is doing with Miami with those ridiculous yards per carry. Dude's averaging 14, 11.4 yards a carry. 13.7 yesterday alone. He's like a big play waiting to happen anytime he touches the ball. Yeah, right now he, he's in the conversation, making major impact. I think C.J. Stroud, it's his to lose. He's uh, playing well above average. He's yeah. not on an interception yet. He has the Texans respectable. Uh, the Texans were terrible last year. You know, they have That's a couple true. wins. And, it's, I mean, no one expected that. No. We talk about uh, rookies need to develop. Do you sit, have them learn? Or do you play them right away? C.J. Stroud's like, miss me with all that. I'm playing, and I'm playing well. Yeah, and I was thinking that he wasn't going to succeed, not because of what he had done in the football field at Ohio State, because the numbers showed you he should have transitioned to something decent in the NFL over time, like most quarterbacks do. I was looking at the Wonderlick, well, the new battery they're using for the uh, in place of the Wonderlick, but I was looking at the Wonderlick score, like, bro, come on. I started remembering, about, remembering Vince Young and what he went gone through, and I know what the Wonderlick is for. They prefer their quarterbacks to be a little more astute when it comes to that, because they're the ones who have to decipher these defenses and all that time that's out there, you have to process information this quickly. And it gives them somewhat of an idea of how it may go. And when your score is that low, that's kind of, in their opinion, a precursor to, you. man, you might not be able to just decipher that four or 500-page playbook that we might have for you. Throw the playbook out the window. He's making his own <laughs> in the grass and in the dirt, and he's doing well. 177 passes without an interception. This isn't even just a rookie record. This is an NFL record. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned – Peyton Manning's rookie year, I played the defense in fantasy football, whoever, <laughs> whoever, whatever defense was available, because obviously other guys in the league had yeah. some defenses. But that strategy is going out the window against the Texans. Yeah. He's not throwing no pick sixes. He's not even throwing interceptions. You know, um, so that, that strategy is not working against the Texans. And he's playing at a very high level right now. And you can only assume he's going to get better, you know, with more more playing time, more experience. Uh, do we know that if the game's even slowed down for him? You know, is he still adjusting to the speed of the game? Because if he's still adjusting to the speed of the game, once it does slow down for him, Woo. Man, that guy going to be dangerous as hell if he's just slowing down. If the speed of the game hasn't slowed down to him, he's treated like this. When it finally slows down, which is supposed to be maybe the end of your second year or your third year when you decide if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, he's going to be a serious problem for a long time to come. And let's hope no serious or crazy injuries happen to him. You know, like that happened to, to a degree with Joe Burrow. Not looking the way he always looked, but Joe Burrow, at least for one game, has gotten back on track. And the Cincinnati Bengals <clears throat> were able to pull it off. He throws three touchdowns, has 317 yards, the most of the season so far. But Jamal Chase was the recipient of all three of those touchdowns. Yeah, think about it. A lot of the things we said last week, man, those guys came out and proved us wrong. I talked about Joe Burrow. Maybe he should sit. Take a, yeah, get take healthy, a seat. 
I said on Thursday, same old Bears. They're going to lose. <laughs> I remember that. I was <laughs> same old Bears. I mean, I was happy. I'm happy to be wrong. But, you know, what were they showing us up to that? Why did we feel that way? Why did yeah, I say exactly. that? It's because what they were showing us. But I also said he's going to get healthy and the Bengals going to go on a run at some point. And maybe that, that run starts well, starts with Sunday's game, yesterday's game. Now, is he healthy or is he fighting through the injury? Because, you know, with that much money on the line, he's a man. And he's a player. He's a competitor. He wants to prove that he deserves that money. So even if he's hurt, probably a, a shade away from being injured, but he's hurt. But he's going to go out there, be, be out there for his team. He knows the chirping, which happens, whether it's people – that are Cincinnati Bengals fans or just people who are a Cincinnati Bengals fan who want to be the ones that say, I told you so, you shouldn't have given them the big money. There's always going to be someone like that. You can go undefeated and there will still be someone who tells you how much you shouldn't have gotten, even if you're the MVP of the Super Bowl, you're undefeated and all of the, all of the above. But Joe Burrow, this is one of the guys I want to see succeed because, you know, we, we don't know these guys, but he, he carries himself well as a competitor. And you saw how well he's been playing. You saw since he's come into the league. I still remember the time at LSU that was – I remember his second year at LSU, his first year at LSU, when I didn't think he was that good, but then he finally clicked in the bowl game and just took off from there. We see him now. I just hope he continues to succeed, you know, and win, at least not when my team is on, at stake with the Jets, but those wins are coming <laughs> far and few between these days. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, man, putting up those, num- those Joe Burrow kind of numbers yesterday and finally getting back into the win column. And maybe it took Jamar Chase a lot of fire under, under that team's ass, man, because, you yeah. know, he wasn't happy, but I'm sure he was satisfied yesterday. Three touchdowns. I don't know how many yards. 197 yards. Huh? 197 yards oh, okay. three I was touchdowns. Say had to, I was about to say it had to be close to 200. That's what I'm saying. Was, well, some of these yardage, man. Your boy up there, DJ Moore, getting over 200 yards, setting the pace for everybody. They still haven't caught him. And then now you got tight ends getting yards. You got the receivers getting yards. Running back like eight changes, getting yards, catching and running the ball. Dudes are sick out there. But I like the way this NFL offense is going, but there are defenses like San Francisco's who can slow it down and let you know that this may be an offensive league, but these defenses can thump you and make you think twice about it. And uh, Lamar Jackson, that brings me there, and how he played against the the Steelers yesterday. And 17 to 10. Man, I, I was giving Lamar Jackson credit for finally being able to read defenses. I went on the internet and people were telling me, no, nah, man, he still can't read defenses. Man, we're almost back to square one with this thing. No touchdowns, one interception. He's still running, but so what? We hire quarterbacks to pass the ball and maybe run, not run, perhaps through a pass, and just halfback option yourself to the Super Bowl. Well, I watched the game, and I, he wasn't bad. In my opinion, he wasn't bad. Um, it was 10-3 to 3 late in the first half. They had the ball like the 13-yard line, I believe, 4th mm-hmm. and 2. And instead of kicking the field goal, they went for it. They didn't get it. So they should have went up 13-3 probably going into the half. But it's still 10-3, the points they left out there, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember if it was that, that drive or not, but – they they dropped eight passes in the game. Three of them were in the end zone. Eight passes. I didn't hear about that. Eight, part. Yeah, there were eight passes dropped. That's Zay safe, Flowers man. dropped a couple. Uh, even Mark Andrews dropped one or two. It, it was ridiculous. I mean, it's not like 
they're reaching out and it went off their hands. No, they had their hands up. One guy, <laughs> the ball just went straight through his hands. Rex Ryan talked about it on Get Up this morning. He says he doesn't know why their hands are apart and not their fingers together. And he says that he heard that their their wide receivers coach or somebody on their offense, whatever, they throw rugby balls at them instead of regular footballs. Yeah. I don't know if the rugby balls are shaped differently or whatever. Bigger. Huh? They're bigger. The rugby balls. It makes no sense. It's like somebody throwing a basketball at them. Um, that's why they're, they're used to catching the bigger balls. So, so here comes game day, and they're missing the smaller ball. So I'm not going to kill Lamar Jackson. He, he, he could have played better, yes. Um, and then the strip sack at, to end the game, that's not his fault. You know, Lyman should have blocked better. It's not like he was holding the ball long. Uh, actually, he was uh, ready to throw it when he got hit. But again, eight drop passes, those are drive killers. Those are, those are touchdowns that are the six points not being – um, cashed in, so I'm not gonna kill Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, but I've been wanting to see a, a few more multi touchdown games. I mean, you can throw an interception here and there because he can kind of make up with it by running the ball like he always does and being electric that way. It's just that the numbers aren't there. You, it, it's not even all about the overall total numbers. If you're just throwing touchdowns and you're getting three yard touchdowns and you got five of them, you're gonna probably win the game. But I wanted to see more of him. Looking like a regular quarterback all of a sudden. You know, you, you used to have it on occasion where he would sit in the pocket every now and then because it looks like he's thinking about, I need to stay in the pocket. But then his instincts take off and he takes off and he's not doing it anymore. I want to see more of Lamar Jackson being a pocket quarterback when he needs to be and then still running because that's who he is. You know, I want to see that part, being able to compartmentalize <clears throat> and use it during a you know, situational you know, play. It just hasn't been like that with consistency. He's dynamic, and there's no question about that. He got an MVP because he's dynamic and happened to throw the ball that well. But it's like he hit a wall with the way he throws the ball or the way he's reading defenses and the way he's supposed to play the quarterback spot. It's a different quarterback spot that they've had in the, had in the past with the RPO and all of that. But I think he has more to the table to bring in terms of passing the ball, and he has the arm to do and all of that. I just want to see more of that consistently. Well, it would help if his receivers catch the ball. Yeah, know? that would help. <laughs> no, but this isn't a one-off. I mean, are they dropping it every game because the numbers aren't looking that great every game? Now, there's times when he does look great, but then, you know, at this point in his career, it shouldn't be on and off. It should be. The, the other thing is they've been playing division rivals, you know, and your division mm -hmm. rivals know you better than anybody. That's a division there. We already know yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, they, they get up, and it's always, especially in that division, the games can be ugly, right? Like the Steelers game. Yesterday, Steelers and Ravens, it wasn't a very pretty game. Mm -hmm. But that's because they're, they're rivals, and, you know, rivalries tend to to create close games. Uh, I, I think once they start playing outside the division, you'll probably see more points scored by the Ravens. Yeah, the teams that aren't as familiar because you are playing those teams twice a year, you know, and you're going on the road to play some of these teams. Even Pittsburgh, while they're kind of sort of reeling and Kenny Pickett is still trying to have an identity – He's still at home, and Pittsburgh still has that legacy. You still have Mike Tomlin, regardless of what people are trying to say about him, about being a bad coach. Come on, man. Get out of here with Mike Tomlin being a bad coach. But anyways, yeah, I just want to see more from Lamar Jackson, especially with the money that he's getting now. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to see more, Baltimore fans included. But um, Detroit, 
hey, what more can I say? I mean, they did play the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers aren't very good. They have their issues themselves. I think they've gotten a mulligan this year because they got the number one pick overall. Bryce Young still learning the NFL already. He's been hurt. He's back. Didn't do much. But now Detroit, after five games, it's 4-1. and And they have a win against the defending Super Bowl champs on the road. Yeah, I, I think they'll probably probably do the reverse of last year where they started out, they sucked, and then they won a bunch of games in a row. I think they'll probably lose a bunch of games in a row this year. Once they well, start you know playing, Detroit's had a history of real teams. Kind of huh? Detroit's had a history of doing that kind of thing. If they started off hot, things kind of filled that. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't trust them. I don't believe in them. And, and you mentioned they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, that was without Kelsey, and that was with, uh, what's his name? Oh, the drop passes. Yeah, the one that went right through his hands for the pick. Yeah, Tony. I mean, yeah. other than that, I mean, they they would have scored fourteen points. I, that game, I wasn't impressed with that. Well, well right I, now they well, are what their record says they are. They're four and one. They're leading the the NFC North so far. I'm just saying, wow, because I, I thought they would be better this year because I thought they would be better this year, but. Right now, we're only well. I mean, it, it, it's not like they're doing what what the Dolphins have been doing. You oh, know, no, no. points here. Not too many you know, teams doing that. The the things to, things to, to to make an impression. Things to be impressed about. They're winning, but yeah, they play Carolina. Big deal. You know, how about the next thing of Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings? One win. He's throwing up all of these yards. He's getting all of these touchdowns. He's leading the league in touchdowns, and they can't win. I can't say these are empty stats. These are garbage stats that Kirk Cousins is putting up. I'm not really looking at Kirk Cousins as um, he's a good. He has to be a good quarterback because of what he's doing right now. But he's putting up the numbers that a quarterback should be putting up. He's getting zero support from his team. One win after all of this time. Kirk Cousins is is. Would you call him an elite quarterback? Uh, no, I would not. He hasn't. With he hasn't the numbers. Proven, I mean, he hasn't proven it in the playoffs. No, he hasn't proven it in the playoffs, but heading into, well, I guess it's kind of like when we're going to talk about later with Clayton Kershaw in the regular season, putting up those nice numbers. Is he one of those regular season elite players? Because right now, the numbers, he's doing his part. What more can he do? Yeah, I mean, I'd have him in the lower the lower half of the top ten. Yeah, I can live, I can live with that, man. And not only that, going into the season, he was looking for a new contract extension. The team was like, nah. So we don't know whether he's going to be with the Minnesota Vikings at all next season, or is he going to do enough this year to gain their confidence further and they'll just extend him. I'm just looking at this like, man, this guy can't win for winning. He can't win for losing. <laughs> I mean, he can't win for winning and can't win for losing. He's putting up the numbers. That's winning. Getting the losses. That's losing. Yeah, it just, I kind of feel bad for him. He's just stuck in a spot in Minnesota. Uh, man, what can you say about them? I mean, they're in a, a division that's up for grabs, and right I'm now sure, it's for grabbing. I'm sure there's a lot of disappointed Vikings fans right now who expected more from them, and they're not producing. They're not getting what they expected. I mean, that goes for, for me as a Bears fan. I expected the Bears to be better. The last two weeks is kind of what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected them to be better on offense, but have a crappy defense and lose games, but at least better. That's all I wanted. I was bet. I just wanted better, and that's why I was so disappointed the first three weeks because it seemed like they were worse. But another thing uh, I didn't mention: 
their their lineman came back, Tevin Jenkins. So and then they played uh, Nate Davis. So they had addressed the offensive line, but they had injuries, and now they had uh, those guys come back. So if you watch the game against the Redskins, they protected Justin. So and now, so so, so, what do so you now you saw the- him look through his project. His uh, he went through his progressions and he was making the right. play. He was he was reading freaking defense and I was tripping. Yo, bro, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yo, bro, he's going from left to right, making exactly. decisions. And you already know he can still run the ball when he needs and to run he, it. He had the time to do it. So well, how much of this might be all the turmoil off the field that was going on in the early going of the season? Maybe they finally got out of that murky part of it. All it was probably it was getting Chase Claypool off the field didn't hurt oh, Get either. him off the field, man. Yeah, like I think I mentioned the Patrick Ewing effect, addition by subtraction. <laughs> and then, and then they found the sucker. They found the sucker to swap picks with him. Yeah, they did. But I mean, man, yeah, it's, it's just a six, a six for a seven. What's the big deal? But well, hey, picking in the sixth round is better than picking in the seventh round, and we got rid of a, a scrub. So yeah, you know, we got rid of a. I think it might have been a cast in the locker room. He's out. I don't know if it's a coincidence that he's out. You'll get the win, and DJ Moore has a huge day, and uh, Fields is looking like a quarterback now that should be that he should be now that he's in his third year. You know, I think the real litmus test is going to be next week or when their next game does come. And you can see if it continues. Even in a losing call, you can still see the difference right. between that's looking like they want to win and that they have opportunities to win. They're not blowing it because of a player that's half-assing it or a coach that's not there you know, messing up the chemistry behind the scene. But, yeah, man. Here, here's a game. question for you. Does Belichick, the GM, have the balls to fire Belichick, the coach? Woo, bro. I'm telling <laughs> you what, man. You get shut out like that. I, you know what? You can't believe social media these days because there was people talking about there's rumors about Bill Belichick getting fired. I don't know if he gets fired during the season. I might have started it. I tweeted, when does the seat start getting warm? <laughs> I hope he started it for real. And I'm like, yo, does this guy with this credibility lose, uh, get fired during the season? But then I think about it. You know what? The only common denominator is Tom Brady. He wasn't winning before Tom Brady. He's not winning after Tom Brady. Tom Brady left him and still won. So... Right. Maybe this Bill Belichick isn't as great. He's great because he's a defensive mind, but they were winning those games because of Tom Brady's offense. Tom hasn't been around, and Bill hasn't won. Man, it's a bad look to get rid of him when the season is still going. I would rather he resigned. His quarterback hasn't progressed. He just said he resigned. You know he's fired, but have a press conference saying, I resigned, give your reasons that someone typed out for you, and just move on. Yeah, but they would have to – they would have to get a GM and a coach. Yeah, and that's the problem, though, because I remember when Bill Parcells, when he was with New England, the reason why he left, he was like, "Hey, if you're gonna let me want me to cook the meal, why don't you give me the, let me shop for the ingredients?" And a lot of teams don't like to do that because if you have the coach as your GM, he brings in all of his players, and then when things don't work out, well, you get rid of the coach, and then you have a players that can't fit in any one system or have to get used to another system. Whereas a GM who works in cahoots with the coach. They bring in kind of agree on who they bring in. So even if you get rid of the coach, the GM still has the floor of bringing in players and know what kind of players he wants for the next coach to come in. And you hire that coach that's closest to what you're trying to do philosophically. And so it works that way. So I see, but yeah, you get rid of both of them. Well, get rid of him to get rid of both titles. And for a prestigious job like that, because he's made it prestigious to be in New England as a football coach, you need a, a hell of a GM. 
and you need a hell of a coach. I don't think you get one of these newbies coming off the street to um, become a coach of the New England Patriots. First of all, those people in Boston are having it. That's a, a tough yeah, part. Who would, who would replace him? That's what I'm saying. Who would replace him? This would be something you have to bring a, a, an all-time great back to play a, a coach, or you have to, I don't know, I don't know. I, you have to have a, a named coach. John Gruden. You know what? John Gruden. <laughs> that's the name out there. If that's a, the huge, the biggest name I know out there. Just, you know just, bring somebody just suspend his email account. <laughs> Man, they're trying to keep this guy out of the NFL. You know, John Gruden. I, I like John Gruden. I thought he was overrated, but I still liked him. He was a caricature, and it's always fun to have one of those. And how about the Jets going to Denver, getting the win? I told you. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You got to have some faith in your boy, Zach, man. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Zach, did you see him play? Oh, my God. I, I watched him, but he's not giving the game away, though. Oh, no, he's not giving the game away. But Zach drops back. No, you, no, no, stop. <laughs> the defense played a damn good game against a – Denver team that's not that great to start with. But, you know, I'll get a win anywhere I can. I'm not even going to complain. Not even with Zach Wilson. I just have to <clears throat> salute real quick. Yeah. And you see you see Sean Payne being all whiny again with the media. Oh, him, he's the one who started somebody, this nonsense. Yeah, they asked somebody's hacky comments. Oh, we already addressed that. And blah. I mean, answer the question, man. You, you, you felt boldly enough to say what you say. No, I mean, keep that same energy, man. Answer the question. He's your crow, know. big mouth. <laughs> and he had to be, come on, he's been getting beat up since he got back into the NFL. He's not used to this kind of beating. He used to having things his own way. When he was on the staff in New York with the Giants, he got his own way. They were winning up there. Now he's down here. Well, when he was just on in New Orleans, he got his way, won himself a Super Bowl. Now he thought he's iconic. Now he's out in Denver. It's not going that way. You're getting beaten. Did you see the record breaking proportions with with Miami dropping 70 on you? And did you see how they troll how the Jets trolled him? No, I didn't see that part. I've heard it, but I hadn't seen it yet. They put a picture of Kevin James as the Broncos coach. Because he played <laughs> him James. in the yeah, he played him in the movie. Unbelievable, man. I can't remember the name of the movie. I never watched it. I was never interested. And now that I see how Sean Payne's acting when he's losing and just being a, a uh jerk <laughs> with the media. I'm glad I didn't watch that movie. Screw Was that. he ever a great coach? I mean, I thought he was a very good coach. Was he ever a great coach? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Let's ask ask him. Oh, well, yeah, just ask him. <laughs> He'll answer both of our questions. Yes right. and yes. You know, I think Tom Coughlin's a great coach. I don't think Sean Payton's a great coach. It's not even because Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls. It helps. But I watched Tom build programs from the ground floor. Like when he came into Jacksonville, he was the coach in forever. And how quickly they got into the playoffs and how they were 14 and 2, eventually 14 and 3, because they ended up losing to the same team three times, the Tennessee Titans, who ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. He's done a lot here in Jacksonville. Then he got his two championships up there. And even part of the coaching is communication. When he went up there and they weren't really taken to him, he got in touch with the leaders of the team and had them convey his message. And they were the conduit, the leaders of the team were the conduit to the players until they settled into the way he did things. And then they were a great team. And that's how they ended up getting those championships. But Sean Payton, I never looked at as a great coach, probably an office of mind, but as an overall head coach, not really. You had Drew Brees. Come on, bro. Yeah, and he's uh, 
He's getting into it a little bit with Russell on the sideline. Oh, you know uh, how that's I don't be. know if he's going to last the season, man. Neither one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you gave Russ too much money. You gave up almost your entire freaking draft for him. I mean, as, bad, as bad as Denver is, uh, he might blow his top, and it's, it's, it's going to get worse, I think. I don't see Denver getting better. Well, now that we got through with all that NFL, there's obviously more out there and there's more of this week to go. So we'll end up talking more NFL. There's Monday Night Football tonight. College football was played. And, of course, there were several games being played this past weekend. But the most egregious game has to be the Miami Hurricanes taking on Georgia Tech. Now, I'm looking forward to North Carolina playing Miami before this week. Last week, I was thinking about North Carolina being the Achilles heel. But Georgia Tech in the past has been a pain in Miami's butt, too on the road and at home. But it, when I saw that 19-point line, I would have taken Georgia Tech, and I was like, nah, they're going to still lose, but not by 19 and a half. And then they come out and went outright, but then this team can't even do the Colin Kaepernick and take a knee. They can't do that. They hand it off. Fumble the ball. And then a team that doesn't pass a damn thing <laughs> throws a bomb on you and gets a freaking touchdown. With one second left. Yeah, Don't I don't know how, that, how they allow that to happen. but So here's the situation. You know it. I don't know how many of the listeners know it, but I'm going to the Florida State-Miami game in November. And I'll so, be there too, by the way. <laughs> so I'm I'm all for the U. I'm all for Florida State because I want the best experience possible. And both teams are winning. Both teams were undefeated. And I'm like, man, if both teams are undefeated, game day might be there. It might They might make it a night game. Man, it's going to be crazy. So Saturday, I see the score. Come across the bottom, Miami looks like they got it handled. I'm like, cool. We just got to get Carolina. Just got to get Carolina. And then later on, I get a bleacher report saying, coaching blunder <laughs> blows it for Miami. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I go to YouTube. But there's 40 seconds, third down. All you got to do, or I, th- I don't even know if it was 40 seconds. Bro. Instead of taking a knee, they run it and the guy fumbles. Fumbles, dude! Are you kidding me? And then they, how do you let one guy get behind the entire defense? Four guys chasing him. Four guys chasing him. And he scores with two seconds left. Are you kidding me? So now I really need them to beat Carolina, or else it's not going to be the same, man. There was a minute and twenty seconds left. I was like, you know what? Good, we got away with this one, man. I hope they learned their lesson in practice and stop slacking off on teams like that and just take care of Carolina up there in Chapel Hill, which is always a problem. And it's a problem down in Miami, too, when they come down there. I turned it off. Like, that's it. We're good. All right? Because, first of all, you're going into the second quarter, you weren't even scoring. And then you finally scored. Then you had, what, 10 nothing. It was 10-3 or 10-7. And then you're down 14 to 10 almost immediately after halftime. But anyways, I'm like, well, all right, we're good. And then get waking up by the nonsense, twenty three to twenty. And I was like, that can't be. So you know, I'm actually dreaming about this now. Like twenty three twenty, how could I possibly be? It must be some type of typo. Nope. This is what we're dealing with now. And going up to North Carolina, and the way North Carolina has been playing of late, the way Drake May has been throwing that ball, that defense has been playing. I'm not encouraged. I'm not encouraged at all in Chapel Hill, with these kids going up there having those past problems, and in college football. That normally is a factor. In the NFL, it's not much of a factor if one team is constantly beating you. You'll eventually get over it in about a season or two, two seasons, three seasons. 
in college football, you'll have things like Navy losing a little game over 40 times in a row until they finally get this. You know, it's a guy. And I hope this is not a case, the case with Miami. I hope the culture's changed. Mario Cristobal is taking a beating. The team is taking a beating. Cristobal should take this. a beating. They, they should take him out back behind the woodshed. And, yeah, and they need to take Blake out outside behind the woodshed. Sticks and two by fours on his ass. Unbelievable, man. I think, oh, God. And I finally got my tickets today for the South Carolina Florida game in Columbia this Saturday. So I'll be heading up there to watch those Gamecocks take on the Gators and hopefully they beat the hell out of them, too. Well, you get what you get when you go up there. The Gators are a solid team, just not very, not good. They're not bad either, but they're like in the middle somewhere. So I'll go up there this Saturday and check that out. So that will be the precursor to what we do next month when we go to Tallahassee and watch the Canes take on uh, Florida so State. Nice. Uh, nah. Well, hey, I'm there for the experience too. And I hope I experience a win for my Canes. So keeping up with the college football, Georgia finally looking like defending champs as they absolutely destroyed Kentucky. You know, I've been criticizing Georgia almost all season because they just hadn't had it. And I couldn't expect it either. They've lost 25 players over the past two drafts. The first one, 15 to 2022, 15 players, five in the first round, the number one pick overall, Trayvon Walker. Last season, they lost 10 more. You can't continue to lose that type of talent and still do things the same way you've done them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this time they did it. They were able to destroy Kentucky. And I was surprised because Kentucky's a pretty damn good team. And um, Davis ran for over 280 yards against Florida. So I thought, you know what, that running game is going to be a problem. Shut down. Georgia's looking like something. Carson Beck is looking like he's finally getting it. And let's see how it works out for the rest of the season in SEC play. Have you seen the polls? Yeah, I see Georgia's still number one, even though I wouldn't even argue at all if Michigan's number one. Because I I saw – you can't trust everything you see, obviously, on social media (laughs) – a headline said Michigan edges Georgia for number one. Right before the show, I Googled uh, college rankings, and I saw Georgia number one in yeah. both polls. And so I'm like, what the hell? But then you sent the link. Um, so I was like, well, I didn't really look into it. So that's why I'm asking because I don't know. Social but media was pushing you astray. Michigan fan sharing his hopes and dreams. That's exactly what it is. They'll put some nice looking thing together, which becomes a meme, and they'll push it as fact, and then throw it out there. And you know what? Accentuates it. They put facts, and they might even hashtag it. <laughs> one hundred, <laughs> real talk. Yes, that's it. One hundred, one hundred, real talk. All right, man, we're taking that gospel. But yeah, Georgia looking like champs now, and Ohio State put them on notice. They did it to Notre Dame, and by the way, Notre Dame lost, and makes me and Sam Hartman look like we've lost our bonkers as well. They lost for a second time. I'm off the Sam Hartman bandwagon. Just hope you get to the NFL to the second or third rounder now. <laughs> I'll be off that for a while. But, man, Ohio State took on that Maryland team, which I thought was not going to be a good matchup. Maryland's a freaking team. That team is legit, man. Loxley has those dudes playing. I was absolutely surprised. I'll be the first to say I didn't know he had that kind of team in Maryland. I didn't watch him at all. This Well, I just watched a little bit, but they weren't worth the time, I thought. I'm still thinking they should be in the ACC. But damn, Ohio State, our boy, Marvin Harrison Jr., man, showing up when he needed to, making plays. I mean, just they can't do anything with him. Once again, kind of rising a little bit to the spot right. of trying to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. He won't win it because he missed too many games unless he just put a 300-yard game for like a couple of times. But, yeah, man. Yeah, Ohio. he'd have to go crazy. Um, but Ohio State showing they're for real. Yeah. 
Um, it's gonna, it's all gonna come down to when they play Michigan. Michigan, Big Ten. I mean, but I tell you what, man, the Big Ten it's top heavy because you have three teams at the top. The SEC has more teams in the top twenty-five. The Pac-12 has more teams in the top twenty-five. But I think the best teams, possibly, if you looked at the triumvirate, it has to be Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. If you just looked at the best three teams, right. you know, in, in a division, in a conference, I think that's it. Because even though Alabama did win, they did go to College Station, surprised the hell out of me a bit because I did take Texas A&M, the 12th man. Alabama went out there, and Milroe looked like he was a quarterback for a little while, made some plays. And Jermaine Burton transferred from Georgia. Now Alabama drops a lot of damn passes. Has a bad attitude in my opinion. It didn't look good for them, you know, until they took control. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, were, they were down for a lot of that game, and then but once they got the lead, uh, that defense they, though, yeah, they went for it. They put their foot on their neck and they just stomped hard. I mean, it was over. But that, that defense, though, that, that, that Bama defense found his legs. That Bama yeah. defense has been getting good week after week, and I think because they had to because the offense wasn't doing a damn thing. <laughs> now the offense is slowing you down because they're not necessarily passing all the time. They're kind of doing like a running offense, but then now they're passing when they can. And it at least slows the game down and gives the defense a chance to rest. And the defense is dominant when they get out there. This is a damn good Bama defense, man. They're all over the place. And I expect to see more of that. But then I'm expecting to see better teams to where Jalen Moreau can't do that anymore, like Georgia. I don't believe in LSU. And they're playing in Tuscaloosa, so I don't see that happening. But Auburn, that rivalry does matter. The lesser team can't beat the better team, and they've done it before. But, yeah, man, Alabama, man, give props with props, you know, where props belong. And they got the props this past week against Texas A&M. And then what about that Red River rivalry, man, Texas and Oklahoma? Man, that was, was a clutch, <clears throat> that was a clutch drive by Oklahoma to win that game. Yeah, it was. You know, look, oh, man, Oklahoma is going to move up because of that. But I thought Texas only got that high only because they beat an Alabama team we didn't know to be that wasn't that good as we thought initially. You know, Alabama going into this week was an 11th, the 11th team in the country. So that means that when you look on the record, well, Texas beat the 11th team in the country when they were number three because the preseason, you don't know anything until you find out. Texas beat them and got there. And I'm not going to hate them because they got there. But now we're seeing that, and I thought that Texas is good, but I just don't believe in Ewers. Ewers, their quarterback. I just don't. And I think he's a solid quarterback, and I don't think Arch Man is breathing down his neck either because, hell, he's still a true freshman. But Oklahoma, clutch, made it happen. They're moving up, I think, number five now because of it, and deservedly so. We're deep enough in the season to see that Oklahoma's been doing this kind of thing. Yeah, because to go into Texas, is that's not an easy task. And no. to, to come from behind in the last minute the way they did, um, that shows a lot of character on their part. Um yeah, it was a nice drive. It, Texas, they didn't even offer much resistance on that last drive. It was surprising. Tight. <laughs> yeah. Up and down a field on them. But yeah, yeah, man, kudos to Oklahoma who deserves it. Texas, they're not, come on, man. It's been expanded this year in terms of the playoffs. So Texas is still going to have their opportunity, you know. And so, uh, I, I, you know, this is, and it's good because they expanded the, expanded the playoffs. It gives team a chance to have, teams a chance to have a hiccup still gather themselves and still slip their way in, you know, they don't have if it doesn't happen again. And Texas can't be one of those teams. But there's so many good teams though that are that are in the top ten. I mean we're still talking just three teams from the Big Ten alone. 
Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. You know, and then you still talk about even Georgia, even though they did because of last year and Alabama getting better defensively. I still don't believe in LSU, but yeah, you got some good things happening. And um, Texas may be able to find themselves back in there. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Penn State plays Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, yeah, it's going to work its way out. You know, and, and when they do play one another, what happens if that they're only lost? Then you still stay in the top 10 or close to it to where you can still have some meaningful wins later on to where you can slip back into the top eight in order to get into the playoffs. But anyway, yeah. What, what did you think about your dude? Going to ASU, Arizona State University. You said something about karma. What happened? Oh, him going over there showing his watch to the student section. You didn't oh, see that? <laughs> see, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about something like that. See, that's what his father used to be. His father's not that guy, guy anymore. He was that way back with the Atlanta Falcons, even a little bit with the Dallas Cowboys. But but now he's kind of picking up his father's personality. They still won the game. You know, I expected them to win the game by even more. I wasn't expecting a close game against Arizona State, who's not a very yeah, good You had to drive him late. Yeah, he had to drive him late. And he's shown that he can read the defenses, man. Even though this is not the greatest team, he's done it on consecutive weeks now. He can, he can guide a team. So, And I, I hear people talk about that um, he's proven that he could play on the, the Power 5 level from an HBCU. There have been quarterbacks in HBCU who have who have done it in the NFL. I, mean, I remember Quinn Gray, even though he was a career backup, he still got starts. He didn't even get drafted. FAMU, Gulf Coast offense, same thing. Steve McNair played in the SWAT, went out there, adjusted to the NFL. Doug Williams Doug is Williams. the dude that we threw out there. Yeah, that's what I said, Doug Williams. Yeah, Doug Williams, man, come but, on. I don't know, I just – I. I I don't think it's necessary. Why go taunt the student section? Yeah, that's know, true. If, if there's a player on defense that was talking junk to you, yeah, let them let them know about it. But the student section, <laughs> you, you know mean, how it is. They don't, they don't, the student section can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. You know, so I mean, because then what? Someone, someone's, some asshole comes out the crowd and goes after him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Age, that would not be a surprise. Somebody after a game or some other nonsense tried to do yeah, something. I just, I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, there's, there's one thing to have fun, but I, I don't, I think that's more than fun. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just fun. It's, it's over the top. I mean, yeah. It, it's a little bit mean spirited too. You won the game. Roll, man. Come you on. Won, you won the game. You know, just point to the scoreboard. But he's don't, on the road too, man. That's not healthy, huh? I said he's on the road too, man. That's not the healthy thing to do. <laughs> you, know, dude, you get some crazy fan out there, man. Yeah. You know, didn't some nonsense just happen at Arizona State last year? Oh no, that was New Mexico. I'm not State. sure. No, that was New Mexico State that had that issue with off the field, or off the basketball court. No, I'm, I'm just saying. But you know, karma comes around. You know, karma yeah. comes around. Yep, and you thought it would be in the form of Oregon doing what they had done, not necessarily USC because they were expected to lose that game, but they hung in there, and I thought that would catapult them to blowing teams out that were lesser, like ASU. They didn't do it, but they'll continue their quest, and as long as Deion Sanders is there, they're going to continue to have all eyes on them, and the recruiting looks like it's fantastic right now. People, the Pied Piper, they're coming to him like they, like he has championship. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Coach Prime, um, I don't know if it means anything, but he was sitting sitting on the chair during the game, 
and I, I've talked about it. I think you've talked about it. His health is a concern. It you may know, be. And if he can't stand because of his feet, his toe issues, um, hopefully it doesn't take him away from the team, away from the football field. Yeah. Uh, I wish him well. But, you know, for him to sit, be sitting during the game, that's a little bit odd. You know, coaches want to be involved, see everything. So let, let's hope it doesn't limit him. Yeah, it's a circulation problem he had down there. So, wow, that's that's something sitting stationary, you know, maybe it was, I don't know, because he also did the same thing when he was at Jackson State, when he had to sit in the buggy or ride the buggy around on the sidelines, you know, and that, and that was before the surgery, before the most recent surgery. Now, this surgery here was the one that was really needed to where I think there was an amputation. So now, um, man, if he's sitting down, and I, I think some news would have come out about it if it was really that bad. And just seeing him on the sidelines or seeing him on television, sitting in the buggy or sitting down during a game, you know, people know what's going on with him. But I think if it was something bad, I think we would know something. Someone would say something that, you know, it does look strange that he's out there, but people know initially that he's like that, that, you know, that what's going on. If it was anything further, I think someone would have touched on it. But let's hope that things, hey, not for our own selfish reasons, for his own health. Right. Going well. You know that things continue to go well. With yeah, just health-wise, screw football. That's it, exactly, man. Because you know that could be something that kills you, and not only losing your leg, you could freaking die. So yeah, man, I understand that part of it. <clears throat> yeah, Arizona State goes down to Colorado, and Colorado four and two right now. Who would have ever thunk? Who would have ever thunk that? I mean, going into the season, I didn't know what to think. To tell you the truth, <laughs> uh, there were people out there. He ain't gonna win any games. Coach Prime thunk it. Yeah, well, Coach Prime thunk it. And after the first game, he had other players who wasn't thunking it, thunking it. You know what I mean? They weren't thinking it. They done now thunking it because there were some players who came to him after the TCU win. It was like, yo, I now believe. So that means you came into this game not really believing, just a handful of players did. You pulled it off. Now you believe. I'd have been a little disappointed. But, hey, you got the point. Travis Hunter practiced, I heard. Oh, really? See, that's going to be a hell of a boost. Let's hope that he's – I, they, I know they like to throw him out there like they had him before, like every down pretty much. Wide receiver, cornerback, punt return, kickoff return. He's the best guy in the field. But coming back from a liver injury, <laughs> the nausea alone is enough to put you back on the sidelines. Yeah, hopefully yeah. no more cheap shots. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude's getting death threats over that cheap shot, man. But, you know, yeah, that's wrong that too. Hypersensitive even on the they- uh, two wrongs yeah. don't make it right. My no, friend, two wrongs don't make it right. I hear that, but I say, I used to say, but two negatives equal a positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And that's true if you know that math. <laughs> and that's the truth. Man, man. <clears throat> you learn about some sports, doing a little bit of math out here, and next we'll come with the Pythagorean theorem next. Well, <laughs> <laughs> next episode. But anyways, baseball is still going on. We're not neglecting baseball. This is October. Meaningful October baseball means the World Series is upon us. But let's get means to the first. Kershaw. 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 Oh, my God. This guy, one of the most dominant regular season pitchers in recent memory, but just tell him it's a playoff game. And my man's like Danny Amante who just found out he had a bad birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bad. Goes down the hill. What's going on? This guy just can't get a win. They shellack him. One third of an inning, man. Well, I don't know why it is, but I think in the playoffs, like, you have to be able to throw hard. 
Greg Maddox used to struggle in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he he throw his 88-mile-an-hour, his 90-mile-an-hour two-seamer, and people were squared up in the playoffs for some reason. Um, and, you know, his velocity isn't what it used to be. You know, he's up there in, in age a little bit now. And so – and he's always struggled in the playoffs, though. Yeah. But, man, he didn't even wait. First inning, six runs. That you get rocked. I mean, he got destroyed, man. And I just don't, I don't get it, man. There's a certain players who don't play well in the playoffs. Pitches where you control your own destiny. You're the one that's out there that's going to decide how this flow of this game is going to go, you know. And, man, how do you go? It's like night and day. And I don't know how it happens like that. Is it something in his head? I mean, he got himself a, super, a World Series. But, man. It's just like, yeah, he got a little It could also be, you know, how I talked about uh, teams with the bye. It's not always to their benefit. They get a few days off while the other team's playing and they stay in rhythm. And, and, huh? I think for pitchers, it's different because they still do things off the field. When you're getting ready for an outing, you still pitch a little bit. When was the last last time he pitched, though? It could have been like the last time he pitched. But it could have, it could have been a full oh. week or, or eight days even. Yeah, and, and these baseball you know? players, pitchers in particular, they are creatures of habit. If you uh, every fifth day guy on your fifth day is your sharpest, especially you know you expected to be your sharpest on your fifth day. Yeah, bullpen pitches aren't the same as playoff baseball. No, they are. It's not no. meaningful October baseball. That's what it is. And so now we'll, you know, we'll see. He'll get another shot. I'm sure probably game five, as long as they don't get swept. Yeah, about to say it's a five game series, but you better get something done quick, man. You better get that home spice. Game four, if he, if they're down. Well, now and then also, no, they, if they're down three, is it? It's over after three, right? Yeah, it's gonna be no, over. It would, no, it'll be two more. Five game series, bro. Game Bye-bye. four, so long, farewell. Yeah, game four if they're down two one. And how about the Rangers? The Rangers playing a lot better. Rangers are rolling, man. Well, are they rolling. Are they expected or are they expected to do this? Can't say it wasn't expected. You know, they they have a high powered offense. Yeah. They they out hit the, the Blue Jays, and now they're doing it to the Orioles going home. They they got uh they just got to win one with two at home, right? So they're they're sitting pretty right now. Yeah, I tell you what, you look at these um. First round games with these wild cards and everybody getting swept, you know. And then you go into this one; it's supposed to be more competitive. And then you see the Braves having problems with the Phillies, man. If, people just kind of use the Phillies as an afterthought, you know. You look at them in the the AL East. You know, the AL East wasn't that great this year. The, 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 the Mets are the most disappointing team with the highest payroll, but you still had Atlanta, which was just a runaway, and then Philadelphia just was doing well. But everyone's paying attention to the freaking Braves. But I think it might go back to what you're saying about not playing for so long. Now you're back out there. You know, now you have to kind of get back in the groove. But with that firepower they have and those young players, you think they can just jump back in the saddle? Yeah, I was surprised that they shut down the Braves' offense in game one. Uh, Acuna was Strider, no fan. Man, that was more surprising. I mean, huh? I mean, Strider played well and pitched well. Yeah. But it's just that, you know, he still got the L. He gave it the home run. Right. Uh, but we'll see what happens in game two. They're playing right now, right? Yep. Let me see if I can find it. Because they were down last time I checked. Oh, now they're down by three. Three nothing. In the top of the fifth. So this game's flying by, man. 
Baseball is crazy, man. Baseball is crazy. I anointed you World Series champs. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we were talking to Cunha, 70 stolen bases, 40 home runs, and yeah, he, thought he, he carried that into the playoffs. Right now, if, if they're down three zip, obviously Acuna's not doing much. Well, geez. And then you got to go back to Philly. They, they got other play, eight other players on there. It's not all just Acuna. So. Oh, no, especially them. I mean, didn't they have the most all star players anyway this past all star so. game? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you have dudes just stepping up, just absolutely killing it as they were doing all season long. Man, it, it isn't just Acuna, but damn. I wasn't expecting this at all. I mean, Phillies, I, I respect the Phillies, but this is, you know, the Braves played so well this season, this steamroll team. They were blowing teams out. Just take the over. Every time the Braves play, take the over. You know, you don't have yeah. to go to Coors Field. Take the over. You know, and that's what they were doing most of the season. Best record in baseball, best young stars in baseball, pitching staff looking great. <clears throat> and now you're down. It looks like it may be 2-0 once this is over, if it continues like this. Most baseball fans were looking forward to the Braves and Dodgers, right? And excellent. And given, of course, the media given, given the Braves the the edge, Diamondbacks won Game One. Phillies look like they they might win Game Two. That yeah. would be crazy. I don't think anybody expected D backs. No, you know what, people always talk about the media outlets how they want the large market teams to be out there. Like back when San Antonio, the San Antonio Spurs are winning the way they were winning. Oh, they don't want the Spurs there because they'd rather have somebody in Boston or somebody in LA or whatever. They always mention New York and they ain't going anywhere. But you know, you talk about these large cities that they want to, you know, want to have the game in or these big cities represented to make more money and all that other nonsense. But yeah, man, I don't think that Major League Baseball and the power that be want to roll into Arizona, man, for a championship. I mean, I don't I wouldn't mind. But if you're talking dollars and cents, whatever, I don't know the dynamics and how they get paid that way. And I know why it would be more or less than what it would be in New York or Chicago or L.A. Yeah. But come on, man. You know, you want the best players out there. And if it's a scrappy team like the Diamondbacks can get out there and, and push the envelope like they're doing, hey, i like to just watch it to see how that goes. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure the MLB is pulling hard for the Dodgers. They want that. <laughs> Let's not hope there's some shenanigans, though. They want that big market. They want that big market uh, share. Yeah. Uh, Put their fingers on the pulse of the team and bring it back to life if things are going awry. And in the American League, you know, the Twins got one in in Houston. So now they're going home with two to play. See, now I forgot. You know, you mentioned that earlier before the show, and I'm thinking about it now. Like, oh, shoot, yeah, the Twins did win. You know, you don't want them to win because they're part of the, the uh, yeah, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa, uh, you know, he wants a little revenge on the Astros. Well, he may actually get it because this past season, the Astros and the um, Texas Rangers were tied. I mean, you're talking that Texas battle of Texas, these dudes couldn't even finish settle the battle. I mean, so you got the same record, you're both in the playoffs, but it looks like you both might be getting out of the playoffs if you don't straighten it out. <laughs> We'll see. Oh, well, no, well, no. One, one, still be in the playoffs where they're playing. The Astros are going to yeah. be out. They found themselves a few enemies over the years. Anyway, yeah. anything else you want to close with before we get up out of here? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys overrated. Cowboy fans on Suicide Watch. Something yeah, Suicide like Watch. It should have started on Friday. You're on the clock. You in Arizona now. That was on the clock. You need Jimmy Johnson back to manipulate the draft like he did back in 1990. 
Yeah, and just for the record, I know the Bears suck, and I acknowledge the Bears suck. That's the difference, Cowboys fans. They can't acknowledge it. They hear these personalities. They listen to Michael Parsons, and they just go with that. C.D. Lamb, they go with that. They go with names, but not the production and what the team does that gives them that end result. Well, we'll be looking back at this tomorrow, obviously, the Monday night game being played tonight. The Green Bay Packers are out there, and we'll have some news on that tomorrow. Also, this baseball that's going down, where we'll have the results from that and look forward to some other baseball games as well. College football, maybe decipher that a little bit more, and you just never know what happens overnight. We didn't know anything about Dick Buck is doing what he had done when we left the show. We don't want any news like that, but you know how news can just hit you at the last moment or when you least expect it, and even big news like that was. I'm Trav. He's biased. Sports Bag Bros are signing off episode 67. See you next time.